0: Hey everybody, welcome to Women That Wait, shedding light on the struggles Christian women have in finding godly counterparts. My name is Tavia and I am your host. And we're in season two, can you believe it? Just firstly, I wanna just thank everybody who listened and tuned in to season one. The responses was amazing and I really appreciate your support. So before we get into today's episode, just wanna send a couple reminders. Um, again, the premise of this show is not to shame or to judge anyone, but just to start a conversation within the Christian community about the dating struggles to hear from men, to hear from women and just to, you know, support each other. What I'd like to throw out is a question when we're talking about dating, who pays the bill on the first date? So the rumble in the pews is that it's kind of split, like everyone's kind of split, or maybe you want to say Dutch. Um, some people say that the man should always pay or others say that the woman should try to pay, but then ultimately let the man do it. And then some some say that if a woman pays or even tries to pay, it's an insult to a man. So men specifically, if a woman pays on the first date, or again, even tries to pay on the first date, would that be a deal breaker for you? Please share your ideas. Um, we're just looking to learn together, to grow together. And I just want to see what your guys' opinion is of this. Okay, so with us here today, we have Jason Yi Um, Jason, we're so thankful that you're able to come here and just, you know, share yourself with us and just kind of give us some insight, especially from a gentleman's perspective. We know that on Women That Wait, we really appreciate a man's perspective. So I'm really glad that you're here with us. And I just want to give you some moments to just introduce yourself.
1: Okay. So, of course, I'm Jason, and uh, I am in my 40s right now. I am married. I have two children, and I'm a Christian. I also, you know, have a lot of interest in this topic, and so just want to shed some light. I've um, been thinking about this for a long time, and so it's something that's uh, very important to me that I share sort of my experiences to maybe help somebody else down the road who's struggling with, uh, dating in, uh, and with Christians in this environment. Okay.
0: Thank you, Jason. And before we continue, I just want to give all the, um, single Christian women out there just a moment, because I know that when you said you're married, they all just said, ah, so I'm just going to give us all a moment. Okay. So now we're back, right? Good. So again, um, I really value Jason's opinions and what he has to say, So we're just going to get into it tonight and I need to hear what he's going to add to our show and just, you know, educate us, hear from that gentleman of what the guys are thinking. Because again, us women, we can sit in circles and we can talk, but if we don't know what the other half is thinking or saying, we can just speculate, speculate, speculate. So Jason, in your experience prior to marriage, what were some of the biggest challenges in connecting with single women? Or was there any challenges at all?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there definitely were some challenges in connecting with single women, you know, and of course, you know, from a guy's perspective, you know, I always struggled with, you know, fear of rejection, right? If I approached a woman, I wasn't sure if if I was going to get, you know, any interest back from her. So it was definitely difficult for me to know what to say, how to say it. Um, whether or not it was going to come off corny or whether or not I was going to, you know, get any sort of um, reaction back or favorable reaction back. So it definitely was challenging. I mean, one of the things that was really, really challenging was just where to find single women and what environments would be the best to find a good woman. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily about having social environments to go to, to meet people. That wasn't really the problem. The problem was the places that we're going to meet people, is that a good place to meet somebody that is a solid woman?
0: Wow. Okay. So Jason, you said a lot of things in that that are just really interesting. Even things that I think I myself like, when you said that, you know, you fear rejection. I think for us women, we look at you guys, you guys just seem really confident. I don't know if that's something that is just so embedded in like that male identity that you have to be, or just appear confident because I just, like, I just don't see a lack of confidence in men often. So that totally was just off my radar at all. Um, even when you talked about appearing corny, like, um, it's funny, but yeah, this is something we need to know because um, what I discussed in previous episodes, it's like, no matter what happened, as long as the guy spoke to us, Corny was the last thing that we were thinking at all. Um, again, I think he even touched on something that I was going to bring up, like just in general, why do you think Christian men like struggle to connect with Christian men, women, like maybe not even just you, but just like, what do you think is at the core of the struggle, which is like preventing them from even like taking that initial step towards a woman, especially if, you know, a man is out there and he sees a woman and, you know, he's, his heart is just talking on him. What is that barrier that is preventing him from making that connection?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things going on uh, that I, that I can remember when, even when I was, you know, dating, right. Is that in your mind, sometimes you'll see a woman and, and, and she's attractive and she's somebody that you're interested in, in maybe getting to know. And, in your mind, you're already thinking about like the next steps, right? Of, you know, imagine if we were together and all this kind of stuff. And so you've kind of gone too fast. And then what happens is that when, you know, you might talk to the girl or, and, and, and she's not feeling you in the same way. It's like, it almost is like real devastating, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't even want to go that route unless you sort of know that that person is interested in you also. And so I think that that's one of the things that prevents us from, Maybe moving forward or even taking that first step because we don't have any signs. We're not quite sure 100% if that person is going to um, show us the same love. So, you know, we just sort of want to tread carefully, right? As opposed to, you know, just, just going in with two feet first. We sort of want to tread carefully and just make sure that, you know, maybe that person's interested before I start to make any sort of comments to that individual. A lot of it is surrounded by fear. There's there's just a lot of fear of if I expose myself or if I give that person any sort of inkling that I'm interested and they're not interested in me in the same way Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's really going to take a shot to my confidence, too. Right. So of course you know that person you know and not not you're not really 100% sure if you want to sort of take that leap it just may not work out so i think that that's what it is it's it's just that that whole defeatist attitude type of thing where you're 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 thinking of the bad yeah. instead of looking at the possibilities and thinking of what could be if i just hey take a chance
0: okay again you said a lot of things that are just really just resonating and things that we've talked about on the show previously so and again I think it's just really again as you talk about like that fear and even what you said in the beginning that um you know like I didn't think that I thought it was only women that kind of thought so far beyond in terms of like you know visioning you together as a couple, like I thought only girls did that. And so it's like a little refreshing to hear that, you know, guys, maybe not all guys, but some guys do that too. Something actually just kind of popped in my head as you were talking. Um, you mentioned something before about like where to Christian singles can meet each other. But just thinking about church, because if you think about it, technically church should be the best place to meet someone because you know that generally like just if singles see each other in the church, you know, church is important or else they wouldn't be there. Um, if you see someone serving, that means, um, it's a reflection of their connection with God and just what they do. So technically church should be the best place for Christian singles to meet. So I just want to ask you, what is your opinion, especially from a gentleman of church as a platform for connecting singles?
1: Well, I think theoretically, you know, it does make sense. You know, church should be the place that you go to to meet other Christians and you know, it should be the place that you can connect with other people that, you know, are like-minded. But I think one of the problems is that you know, compatibility is not always a guarantee in the church environment, right? Cuz mm. cuz the thing is is that I think that when people are interested in one another, at least from my perspective, right? If, if I see somebody that I'm interested in, it's usually because there's something that we have in common. Yes, there could be that physical attraction as well, but okay. beyond that, there has to be something that is common to us in terms of an interest. So we, maybe we're interested in dancing, or maybe we're interested in music, or maybe we're interested in arts, or we're both movie buffs. Like It could be something as simple as that. But when you're in the church environment there's not always those opportunities to find that information out. Okay. If the majority of the things that we're doing is, just, is worshiping, <laughs> we're in Bible study, <laughs> we're going God retreats. I mean, sometimes these things that we do that are churchy, so to speak, mm-hmm. these are things that, you know, kind of force you to behave a certain way. I don't know if you're necessarily seeing the real person. All the time, right? And so that's what I think is that with the church environment, I think that it it creates a although we don't want it to be like a, a place that judges us mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is that in some ways I think that it feels that way that we have to behave perfectly we have to be on our ps and Qs all the time. And so I think the real person doesn't come out. so in some ways you're not really seeing, the person, if you're interested in someone, you're not really seeing who they really are. That's true. Because they're not in an environment that necessarily is a hundred percent comfortable for mm-hmm. them to be the person that they really are. The other problem that I think happens in a church environment in terms of meeting singles is that there's a lot of pressure for whoever it is that you meet to make sure that it works out that's true because if it doesn't work out then everybody knows (laughs) and then it's really difficult now to meet somebody else in that same social environment yeah you know if you meet somebody at the library and you go out on a few dates nobody needs to know that you met that person at the library nor do they need to know you went on a few dates (laughs) but if you meet somebody at church it's like everybody knew that you guys met up yep. and everybody knows that you know, you're know you hanging out and that you're interested in each other and everybody will know if it doesn't work out either. Yep. And then the problem is, I think, is the healing process too because now if you decide, okay, well, I want to meet somebody else, that person may not have healed from the breakup and then it just it creates a whole lot of politics. So I just think that, yes, although it's great, to be able to identify other people that are Christians and like-minded. I think that the social aspect, the social connections, and just the way in which we do it, I think can be problematic at times.
0: Absolutely. And again, like you touched on a lot of stuff, but I think something we discussed before in another episode, how awkward is it that you date someone in your church? And as you mentioned, Jason, it doesn't work out. And then, you know, you're seeing that other person... Um, with someone right under your nose especially if you go to a small church like I mean if you're at a mega church maybe you can somewhat get away from it but I mean if you're at a church that's maybe 300 or under um, if you guys are in the same bible study group and if you guys even have the same friends how difficult is that gonna be so then Jason what would you say or I don't know like okay like you know you're married but for us singles like where can we go what can we do what are your ideas in terms of us find other what places can we go to find like singles and connect or what are you thinking like give me some input on what you think on that
1: i think that you know what i can do is is sort of use my own experience right so my wife we didn't meet in the church we met outside the church at another event it was a, it was a women's event that we met at okay. she happened to be like a model who did um, she modeled some of the fashion for women And I was invited to come to help with sort of just guiding the ladies to the different sections of the event that they could be interested in. So some would be like perfume, some would be like art. Mm. There'd be things around um, fashion, of course, um, business sense, being an entrepreneur, that kind of thing. And so we just happened to be workers at the event. And through doing that, we had opportunities to talk to each other before, during, and after the event. Hmm. And so that's how we connected with each other. So that was totally outside of church. It was something where when we spoke with each other, we found that there were some common interests. And that's how we connected. So I guess my, my thing is that, I think that, you know, with the relationship building process, I think we really need to be focused on compatibility. I think that we need to find common interests. So whatever it is you're interested in, if you're interested in sports, if you're interested in spoken word, if you're interested in music, concerts, like whatever it is that you like to do, if you like to go to festivals throughout the summer, for example, I would encourage people to be doing that because... There's lots of people there. And guess what? <laughs> just just a news flash: There are Christians there too. Yes. <laughs> okay, that you may not know. Hmm. And so if you go to these events and you, and you have an opportunity to talk to people, you never know who you're going to meet, okay. right? So that's why I'm really thinking that, you know, when I'm thinking about the last question, for example, in yeah. terms of church being a platform, yes, it's great. But the problem is just that I think that it's limiting in terms of the different types of people that you can meet and then also to with relationship building i think it's limiting because we're not really getting a sense of compatibility and, and if we share common interests so i think that's part of the challenge that i think okay. is that if you limit the areas or the places that you can go and meet people yeah then it's going to be difficult because the pool of people is going to shrink as time goes on right so you know, and again, if you only do it in church, if you only meet people in church, again, like we said before, you meet one person, it's kind of like, you're almost one and done, right? If if you got one shot at this, if you don't get it right the first time, it could be difficult finding the next person to be able to talk to. So that's why I'm saying open up the doors, look at other things that you're interested in where Mm -hmm. you can also meet people. And and on, on top of that, too, I think that By having different places to go to to meet people, you also have more practice striking up conversations, (laughs) you know, just just chatting about things that, you know, are interesting to you and the other person. It just helps you to get to know people without anything, without no strings attached, no commitment, Mm. no pressure, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's very important to just lead with compatibility. That's that's really my message, really, is leading with the compatibility. Okay you got to find something where there's common interest.
0: So, um, I think one of the things you said, especially when you're talking about, um, in the church, you know, when you date that one person, you really have a lot of pressure to make it work. And you think it's like the one and done. And I think, especially, you know, as a young person, like that's a lot of pressure and that's too much. So, and you don't want to be like, um, even if you're in a relationship, you think you're compromising, but you're thinking more about, Oh, what are people in the church going to say and what's going to happen? And then I think, you know, you were bang on like the church, it technically or theoretically, as you said, it should be a good breeding ground for relationships, but realistically it's not. So I think one of the takeaways that I took from what you said, and I think all of us can, all of us singles is that, um, don't just dress up for church, dress up everywhere. If you like festivals, dress up there because it could be a Christian guy looking um so we're just going to kind of transition into something that um you kind of pulled out in your answer but um cuz when we're hearing about um being kind of like open to meeting a Christian person when we're outside of you know the church a lot of women we still feel like a Christian gentleman is not going to come up to us like they're not coming up to us in church we don't know why now Jason you've given us perspective on that which is good um, but sometimes we feel even in other settings, like if we went to a Christian festival or a Christian concert, a lot of us are feeling like these guys just don't really come up to us at all. So just on a general level, Jason, just give us your opinion. Why do you think that some Christian men are not excited to date Christian women?
1: Well, you know, I, th- I think that... First thing that sort of comes to my mind is that they may think that the Christian woman, and this is such a generalization, it's so difficult to sort of answer the question because I don't want it to be general, but just for the purpose of the show, I think that, you know, it, it's sort of like the same old, same old. The, the it, it could be that the Christian woman may appear to be boring in comparison to what they may see out there in, in the world, so to speak, Okay. right? So let's say that they go to something that's not a church event, right? Yeah. That's out there, um, some sort of festival that's going on, okay? And it's not connected to church, and the music, maybe the way that people are just excited and mm-hmm. really um, and carrying on, or even the way that they're dressing, those things could just appear to be real flashy, real exciting, and that kind of thing. Right. So if I give you an example, let's say, for example, uh, the salsa on St. Clair, for example, okay. let's say somebody really likes salsa dancing. Well, if you've ever been to any sort of salsa event, OK, the costumes that they wear, the dresses, <laughs> those kinds of things, they, they are very sexy like mm-hmm. that. And that's part of the culture. It's part of the dancing and that kind of stuff. And even the movements. These things can be very attractive to people. And so in church, right, they may not be seeing Christian women doing those kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? And so visually, it may not be as attractive,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Doesn't mean it's right, mm-hmm. okay? That That's not where I'm going with it. I'm really just trying to get give you a sense of sort of what's happening with the man. So yeah. the man is visual. Yep okay? We know that men are generally visual creatures. Yep. And so if we look at the the new shiny thing, like if you just even look at technology, for example, the newest and shiniest thing a lot of people are very attracted to. Yeah. And so the same thing can apply to uh, things that are sort of outside of the church or or church events, is that they could appear to be more exciting, more flashy, more desirable. And so I think that that's why I was saying before that compatibility is sort of where I think we need to be focused on okay because I think within compatibility that's where you're gonna find somebody who's a Christian because part of your compatibility partner is gonna you know you want to make sure that you're compatible with your faith that's right so I think that it sort of goes part and parcel with that but I think that what happens is that if you go to if you go to a church and if The only thing or the primary thing that the Christian woman is talking about all the time, (laughs) all right, is 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 church, 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 Bible, 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 Jesus, 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 all the time. Okay, sometimes that can become boring.
0: Absolutely. Right. And
1: I think that that's just. And, and I get it, right? Like it makes sense, of course, we're on fire for God and we want to do things for God. We're serving God, that kind of stuff. So, of mm-hmm. course, you want somebody else who's also on fire for God as well. But I think that that is not the whole person, right? There's yeah. other things that they're interested in. And I think that that is what could maybe with some Christian men, that may be something that could be a turn off okay. where it becomes the only focus in the relationship or conversations yeah. and they don't see that, Hey, listen, you're, you, you, you you're interested in other things too. <laughs> like not just yeah. right Bible verses, memory verses and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> so I think that that's where, you know, I'm going with that. Yeah. Is that, um, there's just things outside of the church that's to seem maybe a little more flashy. Yeah. And so the Christian woman may want to be a little bit more conservative because of course, she doesn't want to necessarily dress the same way, you know, be all sexual and this kind of stuff or whatever. Yeah. So she's going to want to, you know, just sort of make sure that she's a little more classy and, and and be a little more conservative. So sometimes that's a competing factor, right, with what's happening out in the world. Yeah, I think
0: like the depth of what you're saying is that, yeah, there are kind of like in society, like women are projected a certain way. And then, you know, that doesn't really carry into the church. So when men see women, they're kind of having that outside ideal. It's not that Christian men, like it's not like you're saying that we are not sexy and that's not why. It's just, you know, that's, as you said, like men are visual. And I, 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 I hear what you're saying and I respect what you're saying too. And I think again, for us, what you, what you're saying about the common interest makes more sense because If you are just going based on looks, which I know kind of happens maybe initially, but if you don't try to have the common interest together, then I think that's when things are going to fizzle. But I think that if we start out with the common interest, then that's the compatibility that will kind of like bring you into a long lasting relationship. So I, I, I hear what you're saying in that. Something that we discussed before, I think in episode one of season one, is that one of the misconceptions that. Christian men have about Christian women um what you said is that yeah like all we do is talk you know Jesus 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 the bible study you know memorizing bible verses and you know one of the things I hope to really just dispel on this podcast is that you know us women we are not like that like um one of our guests you know she likes to hike she likes to work out she's a gym rat and like we have layers to us and I think that because we do kind of struggle with you know, not being like society because, you know, there's the Christian idea that women are supposed to be, yeah, or Christians in general are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. So I think some of us do struggle with that. So, and I mean, like I said, there's topics such as the music, um outings, as you mentioned, going to festivals. you know, there are some women who feel like, "Oh, you we know we're not supposed to do that, or we're not even supposed to talk about it So again, if this Christian man is coming to us in church and we're talking, "Oh, yeah, what do you like to do?" She might be scared and say, "Okay, yeah, I like to read my Bible because you know she doesn't want him to think he's a you know she's boring, you know, but and then, right. so now, just hearing from you that, yeah, you kind of would like to hear about things outside of church, you know, the other layers of us. That's good for us to know. And it's like, again, you know, we're learning and we need to learn. So, so yeah, so I think that was good. And you did kind of confirm that, yeah, a lot of guys do think that Christian women are boring and, you know, we're not mad. This is just what we need to hear. And again, this podcast is dispelling that. No, there are layers to us. We're not all church, 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 Bible, pray, 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 whatever, whatnot. Um, so you did kind of touch on a couple of these things, but yeah, like, what do you think that we could be doing differently to kind of, for us to connect with Christian men? Like you were talking earlier about kind of like practicing, like connecting, but for you as a gentleman, what do you think we as women could do to kind of like increase opportunities to connect with Christian men?
1: Well, I think the very first thing is that the word dating is something that I kind of have a little bit of an issue with. Okay. Also. Um, the reason why is because I think that just by saying that you know you're going out and dating, or you're looking for somebody to date, I think that in and of, in and of itself puts a lot of pressure <laughs> on you and the other person, okay, right? Because again, it's it's sort of pressuring both of you to say, "Oh, well, if we're dating with each other, then you know we want to make this work, yeah, right?" And we want this to turn into something that might be uh, longer lasting. Okay, but what I really think needs to happen is that you just need to get to know people yeah right so when you're when you're sort of connecting with people or introducing yourself or um, talking to them i think it's just a matter of trying to get to know them okay and and, and not and not really putting any pressure on them to have to okay, now you need to be my girlfriend or you need to be my boyfriend now because we've talked for five minutes. It's time for us to, you know, be exclusive. No, like that's not what we really need to be doing. Mm. I think that we need to be adults and, okay. and be, be mature about it and, right. and understand that every interaction doesn't necessarily mean that that person going to be my husband or my wife. Yep. Mm. Okay, so we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're just practicing getting to know one another and putting ourselves in situations that we can get to know one another. Yeah. So let's give an example. Okay, so let's say we are in church and that is a place where you are meeting people. I wouldn't be like the first, I would be saying, you know, to somebody, okay, well, I mean, especially if you're going to, if you're going to talk to somebody and say, okay, well, let's go out on a date. Like mm. that wouldn't be what I'd be, you know, leading with. Okay. Right. I probably would be looking at opportunities for us to be, doing group activities so I can get to know people. Okay. In an environment that's that's no pressure, nobody's trying to chop anybody or any of that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's just and it's not it's not expected either. Yeah. So like for example, if we take if we take this outside of church and let's say I'm not saying that people need to be going to clubs, but I'm just going <laughs> to just going to give you that as an example. Okay. If you go to a club, yeah. that's sort of like an expectation. If I'm talking to somebody or I'm meeting somebody, right? The expectation is that I'm trying to get with them or I'm trying to get their information so that we can go out on a date afterwards or whatever the case is. Right. So when that's a lot of pressure. So if you're, if you're in church, you don't want that to be the type of experience you want it to be. We're just trying to get to know one another. So if let's say after church is finished, usually most churches have like coffee hour or whatever the case is. Right. So to me, one of the best ways for you to get to know somebody is You be one of the people who serves. Yeah. Right? You have a reason to talk to people, to direct them of where they need to go to get the food, get coffee, get desserts, whatever the case is. You have a reason to talk to people. If they're finished with their food, you can take it from them. Mm -hmm. There's there's an opportunity for you to serve. What I see happening there is that gives you an opportunity now to be in front of people, to actually get noticed without overtly trying to get noticed. Right? You have a reason for it. If you're a greeter, right, Mm -hmm. let's say when people first come into the church, you become a greeter, right? That gives you an opportunity to talk to people as well, right? So I think that we we need to look for, if we're talking about single women in church or or Christian women generally, is looking for opportunities to meet people and to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. striking up conversations that don't necessarily need to lead to marriage (laughs) (laughs) all right that's not the goal the goal is really to find common interests yeah right that's the goal to me and if you're out in the if you if you practice that let's say in your church environment and then you're going out into the world that becomes a little bit easier okay right so if i'm at a bus stop if i'm i'm like i said i'm at the library if i'm at the mall whatever the case is it's it's just practicing just Getting to know people and striking up conversations—it may be difficult at first, yeah. but I think that if you if you don't do that and you just sort of stay in a cocoon, then you're putting a lot of pressure on the guy, assuming <laughs> that he's got skills. Yeah. And the reality is that every guy has skills, hmm. right? Not every guy has been taught, or are um, you know, there hasn't necessarily been a model for every guy that knows how to talk to women. Yeah. Okay. and how to approach them and yeah. what to say and how to, you know, do things that are not going to make that person feel like they're under pressure to have to take their hand in marriage. Right. So it's, <laughs> it, it I, I think that there just needs to be more opportunities for practicing yeah. meeting people.
0: Okay. I think the challenge, like even like for me, myself, like what you're saying makes total sense, but there's still this idea. Like, I mean, What you're saying in terms of, yeah, like being in a being a greeter, being a server, kind of looking for opportunities where you would, you know, um, organically have to talk to someone. But for me, I know that's my weakness. And I always have this idea in the back of my head is that if I try to talk to this guy, you know, again, I'm not saying, oh, please date me, date me. But it's kind of like this guy's like, yeah, why is she talking to me? Oh, does she want to date me? Oh, I don't want to date her, Uh," you know? So, and then also the idea where the man is supposed to make the first move. Because I have heard guys, whatever move that is, I've heard guys who are like, that's just like, no. Like, um, even to the point where I hear, you know, some guys saying, oh, you know, women need to guard their hearts. And, um, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, do not awaken love before it's time. And it's like a woman in any sense trying to make that first move. Um, even in some cultures, it's just like, a uh, no. So I know, like I've been in circles with women and we're just like, Nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And yeah, that there's guys that if, you know, we do try to make a connection, even if it's on a friend level. And again, they look at us and they're like, you know, we're not attracted as woman. Again, they're like irritated. And I've actually read articles on that. So I don't know, like, do you agree with that? Like, from your perspective, is it okay if we say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, like, what do you think, Jay?
1: Sure, I th- I think it's fine for a, for a woman to say, "Hi, hey, hey, how you doing?" I think that it just needs to be something that's natural, mm. right? And not something that pre-rehearsed or feels like, <laughs> you know, you're trying to you're, you're 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 trying to pick up somebody. Like, yeah. it's not it's not something that should feel awkward. It may feel awkward initially if you've never done that kind of thing, but. Yeah. I think that it's something that that should be happening more often than not, right? Okay. And especially like, let's I'm just thinking like even little get-togethers, hmm. like little get-togethers um, that I go to, I always look for, like, especially if I'm someone who's new to that group, for yeah. example, and I go to the get-together and I don't know anybody, you know what I would probably want? I'd probably want someone to come up to me, hmm. introduce themselves introduce me to maybe a few other people in the, in the room so that now I have other people that I can start to talk to
0: okay
1: right and so i'm like that is not if you if you did that let's say you were the person that did that there's a guy who came to a get together that you invited him to and he's not part of like your regular social circle and you said, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to make that person just feel comfortable so they know like where the washroom is. Okay. They know where to get food. T- introduce them to a few people that may have a similar interest to them. To me, that doesn't say that, okay, I want to get with you or I want you to be my boyfriend. <laughs> it just says, hey, listen, I'm going to show this person some hospitality. Okay. Right? All right. And then through that, depending on what you're doing at the get-together, you might have a game that you're doing or maybe there's... Um, you know, some conversation that everyone's having. And it's like, you know, you're just interacting with that individual. Mm. It's just socialization, okay, right? And yeah. just, and just communication. So I think that what happens is that we're overanalyzing.
0: Yeah,
1: We're overanalyzing the interaction and what it means when you interact with somebody, mm-hmm. right? I think that we just need to be very direct with each other though, right? Okay. Is that like, if you're not interested in somebody, There's a way for you to communicate that to someone that you're not interested in sort of being um, intimate with them or you're not interested in being exclusive with them. You're not interested in a dating relationship. But you know what? I don't have a problem with just getting to know you or being a friend. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And then the other part, too, is that just because they're a friend today doesn't mean that they're going to be a friend forever. (laughs) Okay. It's quite possible okay. that you meet someone today that becomes a friend and through getting to know them as a friend okay. and recognizing similar interests and things that are compatible between the two of you, that you develop an intimacy. You develop a a um a closer relationship with that individual. Okay. Right? So I think that, you know, we just have to be a little bit more aware that. Things aren't always always going to happen the way that we want them to happen. Okay. I think we just need to think about it in terms of just getting to know people. Okay. That's, to me, the focus and, and where we need the most practice is okay. communicating well mm. and letting people know what, if we have certain intentions, I mean... There's ways in which we can do that. I mean, you don't necessarily want to do that on the first date <laughs> and say and and say that, you know, I, I wanna I wanna be married in two years and have three children. Like that's not something Some you would do that, be, though. yeah. I would highly <laughs> advise against that. Do not do that on the first date. Okay. <laughs> um but I think that, you know, we do need to learn how to communicate more okay. effectively so right. that we're more direct with each other. Okay.
0: I think something you mentioned is that you said that men are not taught to communicate with women. I think, um, again, I didn't think about that because I just always see it just looks like guys just have it all together. Or that's how they're kind of like trained in that man zone, just like to appear like everything is good. I would have never or maybe just, you know, some of the guys I've had, like my brothers, you know, they communicate pretty well, but I would have never thought that that was a struggle for a man. So, hmm. That's interesting. Just want to continue talking about what you were saying about communicating um, in the beginning and, you know, just developing friendships. Like what are some things that you could, again, just advise, especially in those beginning dating stages? Like, um, like maybe you might be able to say something like, you know, men should kind of, you know, do this in the beginning to kind of just like establish like a friendship. Cause you kind of said like, don't come jump into like dating, dating, dating right at the beginning, right? So you understand what I'm saying? Kind of like.
1: Yes, yes. Um, so so from a man's perspective, so men, I think, need to be more direct. I think they need to be more honest okay. about what their intentions are. And if they're not interested in sort of moving forward and becoming exclusive with that individual, I think that they should, they should be communicating that as soon as possible. immediately (laughs) that should be something because the thing is is that if if the lady is interested in you and you are not feeling the same way you don't want to prolong that relationship Mm -hmm. right and and and, because because all you're doing is leading her on into thinking that it's more than it is yeah so it's better for you to communicate that up front and i think that although it will hurt initially i think that it'll hurt less if you do it early than if you do it late When there's a lot more emotions that are invested into the relationship. So I think that that's one thing that, you know, men need to do is they need to be more direct with whoever it is that they're interested in about what their feelings are, what their intentions are, so that that person knows. Put your cards on the table. That way they can decide how they want to proceed. If you're just coming out of a relationship and you're really not interested in getting into anything really serious, Put that on the table so that that person now knows how they should proceed. If they're looking for a serious relationship and you're not ready, then maybe they should back out,
0: Hmm.
1: right? Maybe they shouldn't pursue you at this point because, truthfully, you probably have some baggage that needs to be taken care of first before you start to pursue somebody else, right? And so that's something that I think that men need to do is to make sure that they're communicating where they're at and being a leader in that regard. Right, because I don't think that that's something that women have a lot of experience doing, because that's not usually the 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 um, the mindset of the woman. I think a lot of the men are 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 the ones that should be communicating sort of where they're at and and letting women know so that so that they're not they're not setting her up right to be hurt. Yeah, I think that women naturally are going to invest their their emotions their time their energy into the relationship and give you everything and you're not and if you're not there with them then that's where you need to let them know right away right that way they're not they're not going to get hurt so for the ladies i really think again they also need to practice being direct in their communication (laughs) also um, and not pretending that they're okay Mm -hmm. with just being friends if they're not okay with just being friends because if you operate under an assumption that the guy is feeling the same way you are without communicating with him, you could be disappointed and you yep. could definitely be hurt. And if you lead with your emotions and what you're feeling, right, that's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down, right? I think that what I'm talking about is more leading with your mind yeah, and saying, listen, I just met him, okay, He may have just came came out of a relationship. He's probably not ready. There's probably things that he needs to work through that I need to give him time to do, right? Yeah. And before we start to get into anything serious, you know, maybe he needs to work that out first. Hmm. Now, of course, your concern might be that if I let him go, then he may never come back. But you know what? It's probably better that you let him go, let him deal with what he's got to deal with, and then when he comes back, he's ready for you. Because if he's there now and he's not 100% ready for you, the problem is that he may leave anyway. Yeah. And when he leaves at that point, it's it's going to be even worse for you. So Mm. to me, I think that both people need to be very, both the man and the woman need to be very direct and clear about what their intentions are, what their feelings are, and put everything on the table so the (laughs) other person knows how they should proceed. If they're comfortable moving forward, that's one thing. But if they're not, then they should have the right to make the choice. Yeah. And if but if you don't tell them and you're not honest with them, then they don't they they're not operating with the right information, and I think that's unfair.
0: I think you know you're a very mature person. I think you're coming from a mature background, and it's so difficult to kind of navigate that because, as you were saying, talking about being friends and expressing you know where you are. It makes a lot of sense. And then you get those issues where people feel like, okay, well, we're, you know, we're friends for a year and we're being friend zoned. And then you don't know if, you know, men and women, you know, if that can transition, if one person is still in the friend lane and if one person, the other person's um, opinions have changed. So I think a lot of people, um, although, as you mentioned, kind of being friends can be really healthy. I think the crux of what you're saying is just communicating. And as you said, if that one person the other person makes the decision to leave for women. That's hard because especially us who feel like we just don't have a lot of options, what we do, and it's not a healthy thing that we'll just, we'll take whatever we can get because if this guy, you know, he says, Oh, you know, you're nice. Let's just hang out. You know, we're thinking, okay, if this guy wants to hang out, um, because there's not a lot of other guys who are wanting us to hang out. So we don't have options. Whereas for the men, you know, um, what we said on the show before they can pick, choose and refuse. They can be, you know, hanging out with many women and then making the decision. But because the pickings are so slim and as you get older, you know, there are certain younger people, you know, in your 20s, maybe early 30s. But once you get up to, you know, the 30s and the 40s, it gets a little more difficult. So countless people have talked of, they've been, oh yeah, I've been talking to this guy. Like we have this new term talking, which just means you're not seeing each other. You're not intimate, you're not boyfriend, girlfriend, but um, there was some interest expressed some time ago. And yeah, you'll hear girls like, yeah, I've been talking to this guy for like two years. I'm like, huh? But you know, we'll take whatever we can get because it's better than nothing. So I think that's just, you know, a really tough thing for us. What you're saying is true. And again, it's good that you're here. You're a man, you're saying that, and we need to hear it. But some of us will really just take even the tidbits that we can get because it's better than nothing. So Jason, what I'd like to ask you just kind of wrapping up now Um, and you've highlighted a little bit of it, but what are some red flags you would suggest for Christian women to look for when dating Christian men? So you've given us, um, you've talked to the guys, you've talked to the women on how we should kind of handle it from like first step, but just what are some things like, you know, if you had a little sister and you're like, okay, um, make sure he has this, has this. If he does this run away. Um, yeah. What are some red flags that we should look for?
1: Well, number one, there's no perfect guy okay right so if you're thinking that this person you know he does everything he's supposed to do and um he just looks like he's the like the perfect person who could be a husband down the road or whatever the reality is that everybody has their they have their issues everyone has their skeletons and so i think that you know anyone who appears perfect to you i think that's something that needs to be explored i'm not saying that you need to be you know, weary of every single person, but I, I definitely think that you need to check people out. If you're only, if you're only um, hanging out with that person, just you and them, then you really are not seeing how that person interacts with other people, right? If you, if you never bring that person around your family, then you never really know how they're gonna handle. That uncle, <laughs> that <laughs> uncle you have, you know, that just kind of says things and they don't filter what they're saying sometimes. And, and, and you know, you don't know how that person is going to react. I, you know, these are people that you, you want to bring them around. You want to bring them around in these spontaneous environments so you can kind of see who the real person is. I think that if you have if there's somebody that is just sort of a people pleaser, Right, where all they're doing is doing it like every anything you say that you're interested in, now they say they're interested in, they're not really showing their individuality or they're never disagreeing with you or any of that kind of stuff. I think to me, those are sort of red flags, right? Because obviously the issue here that we're really talking about is like we want to find the right person. Mm-hmm. And if the right person that we're looking for is someone who's a Christian, it's like, are they just saying that they're a Christian because They know that I'm a Christian and so they want me to like them because that's what I'm into. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't necessarily want that. So I think it's about, you know, really digging deep sometimes and asking tough questions, even though, like you said before, you know, that the the, the pickings may be slim and there may be consequences that. Listen, if I dig too deep that this person may walk away, mm. you want them to walk away early. You don't want them to walk away later on down the road when you've invested so much more okay. because that's just going to cause more problems for you. I think that you're know you, you you're looking for people that are going to be upfront, be, be real with you and honest with you. And if they, if they do have, I mean, of course, you have to develop a relationship and, and have trust for that person to be able to share things with you. So that may not come right away. But I do think that, you know, you want somebody who is who is going to share things with you that, you know, might be struggles that they're having. I I I think that somebody who appears that they never have any struggles and there's no issues at all. That's that that's a concern. Mm-hmm. Right. Because. Everybody has struggles, so you're you you, can, you you're, you're, you're not perfect, so there's no way that you can't have any struggles. Huh. The other thing, too, is you know some people, they deal with adversity and pressure and stress and that kind of stuff really, really well. Okay, But unless you put them in those type of situations, and I'm not saying you need to do it intentionally, but I'm saying unless you've seen how they deal with pressure and stress and those kinds of things, sometimes you don't see who the real person is. Hmm. I think the biggest difference that happens between let's say dating somebody and and being married is that you have the opportunity to prepare for people when you're dating right that person goes to their home you go to your home and you're not seeing each other until seven o'clock tonight for dinner okay <laughs> the whole day mm. you had a chance to get yourself all dolled up and nice and everything like that and <laughs> same with him he had a chance to get himself all, all ready. but you never saw what happened from the time he left work to the time he came home and the stress he was under during that time and how he reacted and how he cut off this person at, in, 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 uh, in his car, whatever the case is, and all the expletives that he said when he, was, <laughs> when he was upset that a person cut him off and all this kind of stuff. So, and the same thing for the lady, right? You don't know what's going on with her. So, it's a very superficial assessment of the individual when you're dating, okay? It's not real is what I'm saying cuz once you get married there is no preparation time. Okay? That person is there 24/7. <laughs> 365 days of the year. Yep. Good or bad, mm-hmm. you're getting it. They're okay? There's no prepare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you're dating, that's the thing is that you're not always prepared. Or sorry, you you always have an opportunity to prepare for the individual and you can put on your best suit <laughs> or your best your best dress or whatever the case is and appear to be perfect right and so i guess that's what i'm saying is that that becomes more of a fantasy more than actually reality because you're not seeing them in their true colors Mm. when things are not going great right and so in church for example often what happens is even though we might be dealing with stuff we go into church and we put on our suits and we put on our dresses mm-hmm. and we appear to be okay. And people will ask, how are you doing? You'll say, I'm doing great. Meanwhile, you're struggling with so many different things, right? Mm. And the same thing happens when you're dating, right? When you're dating and you, know, you meet up to go out to a movie or go to dinner or go to a, a concert or whatever the case is, it's like you put on your best self <laughs> to, to, to make sure that you have a good time with that person. You don't want to go out with them and you only have a couple hours to kind of hang with them for it to be miserable. <laughs> but the reality is that you're not really going to get to know people truthfully, mm. especially if you're looking for long-term relationships with people. You're not going to get to know them really well unless you actually put them in environments or put them in situations where you can see the real person. Mm, true. Right? So I think that perfection is definitely something that you know, if, if you're seeing that or you perceive that to be in somebody, I think that's definitely a red flag. You need to assess that more. Okay. Um, people that are too willing to please you okay. and be who you want them to be, I think that's also a red flag because you got to figure out well, where is the angle, where is that coming from, like where is your individuality, right? I think some other red flags are just like, I mean, and not everybody is is good at communicating, so that may not always be a red flag, but I do think that people who are unwilling to communicate, Mm. unwilling to express themselves, especially if they say that they like you or that they want a a closer relationship with you, Mm. but they're unwilling to share things with you and unwilling to open themselves up to you, then you have to really question whether or not that person is really interested in you. Of course... I would say and this is especially obviously for Christian ladies is physical intimacy, right? If yeah. if if a guy is definitely, you know, trying to be physical with you um, you know, right off the bat, this mm. kind of stuff and and they're not they're not respectful of the limits that you're putting on them, then of course that to me that's a red flag also because mm. really if both of you are Christians and both of you should be having a similar feeling or thought process around that kind of stuff also so that should be an open dialogue as to how you want to deal with that and so i think that that there there's a lot uh, in relationship to communicating okay that i see is our red flags i think it's vital for us to have healthy relationships so if we're not communicating effectively then i definitely see that as a as a red flag and something that we need to to address Outside of that, I mean, I mean, interests is, is is one thing, right? Having common interests is one thing, but of course, like I said before, that that common interest also has to be with your faith as well. And so, if they're not having the same interests as you with respect to that, then of course, I guess that's going to be a red flag if you wanted to have a long term relationship with okay. that person. If you just want to be friends and it's just somebody that you know or an acquaintance or whatever the case is, and it, I guess, it doesn't matter as much, but. If you're looking at having a deeper relationship with that person where you're thinking of, you know, yeah, the possibility of marriage and having a life partner, then of course that becomes something that you absolutely have to have in place. But again, it's hard to know, right, if they're really a Christian. And a lot of that, I think, you know, is through more communicating and, and uh, more exploration.
0: So I think for a lot of us, we're focusing so much You know, like a Christian, you know, our partner being a Christian is a non-negotiable. But I think because we're, and it's a struggle sometimes to meet that Christian person, we're willing to let the other things slide. So what you're saying is that don't let the other things slide just because you, you know, you find that Christian person. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Jason, for coming on our podcast. Again, just opening up yourself, sharing, um, giving us um, women and the gentlemen who are Out there, and we're single, giving us some insight that we really needed to hear. So we're just really appreciative of your opinion, and again, just thank you for coming out. So um, what I'd like to encourage everybody is that if you agree or disagree with what Jason said or anything that we said on the podcast, please again message us, um, send us messages on Instagram. You know, follow us on the page, um, Women That Wait. You can look for us on Facebook and send a message as well. And just let us know what you're thinking. And again, don't forget about the question of the day. Who pays the bill on the first date? In closing, i just like to leave everybody with a verse. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. And it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So again, we think about hope and, you know, none of us know the future. We know that God holds our futures you know, just let that resonate with you. And especially again, if you're listening right now and, you know, you've had like a long season, as we call it sometimes a winter season where, you know, you haven't seen anything. So this is it for today. Um, thank you again for listening to Women That Wait. God bless and tune in to us again for our next episode. Thank you.